Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. About that one. How'd I miss out on that one? <laughs> oh, oh, there's our home music. Recorded live. <laughs> Hello. Hey, Lindsay. Hi. Is everybody hey, here? How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. The game's all though. here. <laughs> Yay. Okay, so what is weather like where you guys are at? It is absolutely gorgeous today, believe it or yes. not. Yeah. yeah perfect. And war you know, warmer. Okay. Are you both in Texas? Or, yeah, yeah, we're both we're both in Dallas, about an hour apart from each other. Okay, okay. Did you guys know that we used to live there for like sixteen years? Yes. Didn't you, were you close by in Plano? Like I'm in Plano. Yeah, we lived in um, Frisco, Little Elm area forever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How fun! I told Susan, I mean, I was like, you started your little group like four years too late. Like if I was still there, I would totally be there. <laughs> yeah, we do. We have like this little group and, and it's like we're constantly finding new people and we'll say, hey, you're like down the street from me. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, we moved to Nashville about four years ago. So, but yeah, my husband grew up there and we spent our whole married Early married, like we're still married, but you know what I mean. Our whole early married life and raising kids and everything, it's crazy. Wow. So the fun stuff is that we come back for like two weeks every Christmas and every um, summer. So uh-huh. next time I'm around, I'll let you guys know and maybe we can get together. Yeah. Maybe not Yeah, maybe not that Christmas. would be so fun. That's always, that's always hard at Christmas, but maybe in the summer. That'd be great. Yeah. So here, um, it rained all day yesterday, all day long. Oh, (laughs) oh gosh. We need that here. Yeah. And it's interesting. The weather is very different in that here we have kind of distinct seasons, you know. Uh Um, But the fall kind of lasts, I mean, we're still in fall. Like, it still has never really been cold. (laughs) And it's like November. Um, and then probably December, January, February, I'm always freezing, but that's probably because I come from Texas. You know what I yeah. mean? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm always like, what the heck? It's like 20 to 30 degrees and I'm dying. And it, But anyway, but it doesn't really snow or anything like that, which is kind of sad. I mean, like maybe twice. But Oh, really? That's what I was wondering. Yeah, do y'all get any more than we do here? Because, you know, we don't get any here, obviously. But No, it's definitely more than Texas, but it's milder. Like the the um, summers are way different and um, not like a thousand degrees. And then um, it's more humid here. So, you know, I don't know. It's just interesting, the differences, you know, uh-huh. going from one place to another. And Nashville is very rural. Um, so you kind of have the main city and then you have like the suburbs. Where in Dallas, like the suburbs all run into each other for the most yeah, part, right? Yeah, yeah. I've never been to the Nashville area. So Nashville is kind of like um, um, spokes, you know, on a wheel. So Nashville uh-huh. is the center, and then you've got these like suburb cities kind of around it. But you basically there's not a lot in between them. It's just kind of, you know, hills and uh-huh. farms yeah. and 
you know, random cow pastures and <laughs> back roads. And it, it's <laughs> really <horses>. interesting. <laughs> not no, horses. not at all. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, when we first um, moved here, I was like, what the heck? Like, they don't build anything here. You know, like, uh-huh. maybe, maybe a building or two, but it's nothing like the constant construction and all that kind of stuff. So, anyway, in case you ever want to come to Nashville. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> great. I love Tennessee. My dad's family is from the um, Memphis area, actually east of Memphis, uh, yeah. down right on, really on the border of the state. Um, yes. And yes. I love Tennessee. I mean, I just love everything about that state. It's gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. It really is. Um, and it's kind of centrally located, so I feel like we've traveled more than we ever could in Texas. I mean, you yeah. know how it is. You're still oh, in Texas yeah. like 30 years later. Uh-huh. So just being able to, like, go to different states and stuff has been cool. So. Yeah. Um, and the way I most often describe Nashville is it's actually a lot like Austin, Except yeah. oh, okay. yeah. that we have hills, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, it's not flat. Um, and the music then is obviously a little different. So it's a lot of um, country music and like uh-huh. blues and jazz. But it's like also the um, place where all the Christian music comes out of, you know. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it's really cool. It's a really cool environment and all that. So now that y'all know everything you ever wanted to know about Nashville. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> okay, so we can visit. <laughs> you can visit. Yeah, we need a road trip. <laughs> yeah, it really, it is beautiful. Um, I mean, we miss family. All of our family is in Texas. But for the most part, um, I don't know. I guess in case y'all haven't known by your interactions with me, I can get kind of cluttered. Like my head can get really full, you know. And I love <laughs> – Sorry, but it's true. I I love like being out here where it kind of feels like I'm in the country a little bit, like without all the traffic, yeah. without all the yeah. you know what I'm saying. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah. like where we built our house is actually in between two of those suburbs, so that means I can go seven minutes one way or seven minutes the other way and be in the middle of all the you know retail and stuff. Uh-huh. But we are literally surrounded by like farms. So, oh, how nice! You know, in a neighborhood, but in, when you sit on my porch, you can hear cows and coyotes and all sorts of random <laughs> stuff. It's wow. awesome. I love that. I'm that in Dallas yeah. and Roy City, so we as much, but we're still on the fringe. And we were coming home from church a couple of Sundays ago when it was raining, and we started laughing because my husband looks at me just like very casually, and he says. He's like, oh, the cows are out, and they're, like, walking walking up and down the street and people's yeah, yards yeah. and stuff like that. And we just started laughing it's because it's like, you know, we didn't think anything about it because we see them all the time, but we're just laughing that, you know, we live in – and yeah. cows are literally walking through the yard. So we, we hey. love that experience of just not being so concreted in and everything. Yeah. So I'm and, and it's – it's even more awkward when you literally live next to a cow farm and it's not yeah. like we can't see it. There's like a tree line and like some other stuff. Um, but the way our neighborhood is, is we're kind of in a, it's not like a valley valley, but we're kind of surrounded by hills. So everything echoes in our neighborhood. It's kind of funny. So we, everybody jokes around that we can hear the neighbors in the front of the neighborhood talking in the back of the neighborhood and vice versa. <laughs> it's, 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 it's really weird, to be honest. Um, okay, so what's really awkward is, like, when the cows <laughs> – this is so gross. When the cows are, like, mating, you can hear it in the entire neighborhood. Like, it's a hilarious oh neighborhood Oh, my event. gosh. 
because you well, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> like you go outside and all you can hear are these cows like getting it on in the pasture. So, it's super funny. So anyway. Okay, so let's talk about work stuff because you know, I could I could talk about random stuff all day long. Um but I wanted to just touch base with you guys because so as I've shared with both of you just kind of individually and kind of collaboratively in emails. And Kim, you and I talked a while ago. Was it like six uh-huh. months ago? Yeah. Okay, where you asked yeah. me about yeah, where you asked me about the business and how I started and all that. Um and Jana, I don't know how much you know of that and I won't go into like a lot of excruciating detail. But basically I used to work in corporate marketing and project management at a company in Dallas called Capital One and they do like credit card and finance, auto finance and all that kind of stuff. And I worked there for years and years and years, kind of working my way up the ranks and stuff like that. And my last um, like official position with them was in their sales marketing and project management department um, back in 2007. And so, Jenna, I think you come from a corporate um, company as well, right? Was it Coca-Cola yeah. or Pepsi? Okay. Um, and then I... And then I know Susan worked somewhere too. I can't remember what she said. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I actually, yeah, actually spent 30 years with uh, Coke. Okay. 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 Where are they housed? Like, where was their headquarters? Uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, Atlanta. Oh, okay. I mean, you had a, a – I, I meant in the Dallas area. Oh, well, in the Dallas area, uh, their offices, the, I guess the biggest corporate offices uh, ended up, up off of the tollway. Okay. Uh, but I spent a lot of time at the Bottler uh, that was over off of Lemon Avenue by the uh, by the Left Field Airport. Okay. So that was where I spent the majority of my time. That sounds awesome. Traffic, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, uh, and yeah, I don't miss traffic. traffic. Trust me. Yeah. And I don't miss paying to sit in traffic. Like, what is up with the tollway? Seriously, I'm still offended by it four years later. Like, paying. <laughs> $80 a month just sit there in traffic. But anyway, okay, so back to, to the work. So I came home about um, in 2007, um, and Janet, again, I don't know how much you know of this, but, like, my okay. husband and I had had a lot of um, struggles going on in our relationship and our marriage. Um, and so I had a very high-profile career that was really just everything I was about because it was the only thing I thought I was good at, to be very honest. Um, I didn't feel like much of a wife or mother or anything like that. And just a lot of really difficult stuff happened in our marriage that resulted in me needing to leave my job and come home. Um, this was also the first year that we started going to church. And, and um, Kim, I'm sorry if I told you this. I don't remember if I told you this or not, so you may be learning something new anyway. <laughs> but I have no idea what I told you because um, it was like longer than five minutes ago. But anyway, um, I came home. Okay, and so like my years home were very interesting in that my husband and I walked through a lot of recovery and restoration in our marriage, and we walked through salvation because um, we weren't saved when we first started going to church and all this horrible stuff happened, um, which is a blessing. It's amazing. Um, but during that time, we were also going through a lot of turmoil um, financially. And, you know, we lived in kind of an affluent area. You know, we had a lot of money, a lot of possessions, all that jazz. Um, and when I came home, I lost a six-figure income plus bonuses, like very unexpectedly. And so we were kind of plummeted into a little bit of financial and I, I really even shouldn't say plummeted into financial ruin. We were probably already there and just didn't realize it. You know what I mean? But when your money is like suddenly gone and you're going, oh, crap, 
<laughs> then you're like, oh, we're not very responsible with our money. We have too much stuff and blah, 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 blah. So that was kind of us. But anyway, um, I spent a couple of years at home just kind of we worked on our family. We worked on our marriage, walked through salvation, did a lot in church. Um, I did some off and on jobs there, but it was mostly just like for my church doing marketing stuff. You know, it was just kind of project related more than it was an actual job. Um, and about four years ago, uh, well, I guess it's been five years ago, um, we kind of came to a point in our spiritual journey where we realized that we needed to move from the area. Um, and I know that sounds really weird and overdramatic, but we were basically listening to God, you know. Um, and so we left the Dallas area to move to Nashville because it was kind of the next stage in our journey of kind of severing from everything that had happened, you know, just in Dallas in general. Um, and then also we have family there whom we adore, but at the time we're not believers. And so it was very hard like to kind of have this late in life conversion because they weren't always a hundred percent on board with our decisions. Like they thought it was ridiculous that I didn't go back to work. They thought it was ridiculous that I stayed home with my kids. And, you know, it was just really, really difficult when you're trying to change your life, you know, to what God wants to have everybody around you going, that's stupid. <laughs> right. So having said that, um, we moved to Nashville because we got connected with a marriage ministry here um, who, who walk people through restoration and marriage. And um, we kind of talked to them at first because we just wanted an objective third party to kind of speak truth into our life that didn't like know us, if that makes sense. Um, and so we came here because they were here and we figured, you know, if we fell apart or whatever, that they would be here. Um, luckily we didn't fall apart <laughs> and I think um, our time here has probably been um, sorry my cat wants in come in here <laughs> stop being annoying come here. <laughs> sorry she'll like meow at the door if I don't open it um, <laughs> so we came here and I was like okay and my husband found a job and um, at a company called Lifeway Christian Resources, which most people don't know is actually a nonprofit. Um, so they have stores, which is what is the most visible, but they also produce and publish all the material that goes out across the world for the Southern Baptist membership, okay? Mm -hmm. And they have a publishing arm and everything. Um, so he got a job there, um, which required even more of a decrease in income. And then I was like, oh gosh, what do I do? So... I like during the time that I was in Texas, I used to write a lot. So I had a blog and wrote on all these collaborative websites and all that kind of stuff. And writing um, really, honestly, in hindsight, was more of a, a healing for me. Does that make sense? I mean, I can write and I'm gifted in it, but it was more for like me to kind of process if that like everything that was going on and like my relationship with God and all that kind of stuff. And so when I got here, I had a lot of connections in the writer world, but I um, didn't feel like God wanted me to write books. And I have no idea how else to explain that except to just say that, <laughs> you know. And I got connected with a company that does virtual assistant work. So like some of what you guys are doing, you know, on your new, on the website and all that kind of, not graphics because as we've all established, I'm horrible at them, but like the social media aspect, you know, just kind of the administrative stuff that you guys are doing. Um, I actually did that for like our first two years here. Um, but I worked for a company that actually found the clients 
and brought them, to, you know, assigned you to them. Um, and it was a Christian company. So all of the people that I was assigned to, you know, were believers and they were, you know, in my particular case, they were authors and speakers and literary agents and publishing houses. So that's actually how um, I learned kind of the social media branding publishing side of book marketing beyond, you know, just going into the bookstore and buying a book, which is what I was before. So having said all that, um, you know, I had a lot of just divine appointments where I really felt like God was pushing me more and more towards book marketing in general. Um, and Kim, did I tell you the story about the bookstore yet? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if Jana's heard it. Okay, Jana, and I'm trying not to repeat too much because I know, Kim, you've heard some of this, but Jana, you know, remember when I said way back in like 2007, like we were going through all this struggle and we started going to church? Okay, so the first time I can clearly remember ever like hearing, not even hearing God's voice, but more of like a wooing, you know, was was in a Christian bookstore. Um, And a friend of mine sent me to the store to buy a book for my husband because I was all about fixing him back then, you know. And um, not me, of course, because I was perfect, but, you know. (laughs) But I walked in, and I remember seeing this other book, like, on an end cap. And I walked over, and I picked it up and flipped it open, and it opened to a chapter that I I actually have this book on my bookshelf, and it still freaks me out every time I reread that passage. But it described me perfectly just who I was and and not even who I was, right? But like what I struggled with, you know, what I was scared of and what I was afraid of and how worthless I felt, you know, and unloved and all that kind of jazz. Um, and then the next paragraph kind of described the sin I was in for real, which was also freaky. Um, and then like at the very bottom, it said, you know, all you need to do is surrender to Jesus. And, um, I often joke around that I ran out of the store screaming hallelujah, but that's not what happened. I kind of ran and freaked out for six months and did what I was not supposed to do anyway. But I remember it so many years later, you know, of of standing in that bookstore and like suddenly being aware of my need for Christ. You know what I mean? And so it's really, really neat for me like to come full circle so many years later, you know, and I've just given you highlights. I could, bore you to death with story after story after story of just divine appointments and ways God's spoken to me to get me to this point. And what I get to do is stand here with these books. And it's not just about, and and you guys will understand what I'm saying, but it's not just about promoting the books to our peers and networks and our little Christian bubble, right? It's, are we getting those messages into the hands of the people that actually need them, that need the life change, that need Jesus? Right. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool for me personally and just kind of the redemptive nature of my story and my testimony that this is what I get to do, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the story of how I got here. And I love, 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 love what I'm doing. Right. But I'm Whoa. not. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? I was like, yeah, I totally get it. I mean, I just yeah. I love what we've been able to uh, work into, yeah. you know, to get yeah. in here for me personally too. So, yeah. 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 It's awesome. It's awesome. And the thing is, is I'm not the most organized person at all, like at all. So running my own business, and I think I just shared some of this with you too, Kim, has been probably the most stretching thing I've ever had to do in my life outside of just trusting God for provision. Cause like, 
I'm human. I miss walking into work and getting handed a paycheck every two weeks. You know, but that was awesome. But now it's a total different scenario, you know, where it's really having to kind of do your best at the job, at the projects that come your way, you know, and, you know, just build relationships and all that kind of stuff to build clients. And it's a little bit, um, it requires a lot of trust, as you both know. Um, and then in my particular case, um, I have gotten to the point where I've never really had to worry about clients, which has been a, a blessing and which I kind of giggle at personally when I, because I'm just not organized. Like it's hilarious to me that people keep finding me, right? Because I don't market like myself, right? It's like, it's all like word of mouth or whatever. Um, but on the other hand, I'm getting to the point where I really need to make changes in the business itself because I'm also one person, you know? And so I don't know how many clients you guys have been working with at a time, or, or I know you're kind of just starting out together and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm taking a look at all the, all that I'm doing for these clients, which just, so you know, the only really visible part of it is the book launch, right? But there's actually like months of work that go into it behind the scenes before the book launch. And then there's months of work that go into it after. So I'm not just, like helping them release a book. A lot of times we talk about um, incorporating that message into their ministry as a whole, you know, and, and sometimes looking at the ministry itself and making sure the branding and the marketing and all that kind of stuff um, is clear and concise and that they're attracting the right readers, you know. So it's a lot of work. Um, so most of my projects are a minimum of six-month relationships. Um, and this past year, um, I can't even remember how many people I've worked with. That should tell you something. Um, book launches themselves, I've probably did like 15 or 20 of them, I think, in one year, which is a lot, <laughs> um, which is probably the understatement of the year, given that you just did one. <laughs> Jenny, you just, you just did Linda's, didn't you? You did Linda's and um, uh, what's her we, name? We Who's did... Linda? Yeah, we did Linda's and Karen's at the same time. <laughs> How was that? <laughs> well, um, I'm joking because I know how it is. Yeah, it, it ended up working for us because we didn't do Hoodwink completely on our own. And yeah. the involvement with Linda was probably less than, yes. well, it was, it was less than what we did with Hoodwink too. So it, it, it's, Probably wasn't ideal, definitely. And if yeah. you would ask uh, Linda, she probably would tell you that she would have preferred a little more attention, mm. uh, which which would be my anticipation. So it, it is difficult, but it's it's also I think it's difficult to uh, not uh, overlap them because, like yeah. you said, it, it is such a long commitment. You can't just say, okay, well I'm going to do two people this year because I'm going to spend six months with you and six months with you. Um, you know, you really can't do that. So you you end up having to juggle it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I asked mainly mainly so you guys could just, I mean, I did eight book launches at once in the fall, you know, and so it's, it's really getting to the point. I mean, I adore what I do and I feel like I'm definitely, um, have been gifted and equipped to do this. Right. So this isn't a conversation about, Oh, I don't want to do this anymore. It's more about I'm trying to figure out how I can outsource some of this, you know, to to kind of make the process better for the clients in general. 
um, and also to be able to take on more. And so my philosophy, and, and I'm almost positive I told you this, Kim, when we talked originally way back when you were trying to figure out what you were going to do. You know, my philosophy has always been that we are a body of Christ, right? And so if there's other people doing what I do or something similar, I'm all excited about it, right? Because my view is if one of us can't handle something, then maybe the other can, and we're all working to serve these clients. Right. Like, I'm not a big, like, competitive type. I don't do that, you know? Um, and so a lot of times I'll look for people who do book launches, you know, just to encourage them and congratulate them and give them tips and stuff like that because ultimately the demand far outweighs the handful of people that are doing this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Um, and a lot of times it falls into, like, the administrative assistant role. Like, if an author has an assistant, you know, the assistant kind of pieces together whatever they can find if they're not, if they have no knowledge of it, and they kind of copy what other people are doing, which is not terrible, right? But at the same time, it's not always tailored to, like, the audience that the customer actually has. Do you know what I mean? Uh And so sometimes you'll see book launches that from the outside looking in, they'll be like, oh, we did everything else so-and-so did. Well, that's great, but you don't have so-and-so's audience. You have your uh-huh. audience, you know. And so the biggest challenge that I have to overcome a lot with my authors is trying, like, yes, there's certain things that, you know, you, you just do across the board. You know, you have shareable images and tweets and all that jazz. But for the most part, um, helping them understand how to tailor their message to the audience they have is one piece. And then helping them attract new readers for that material is another piece, right? Mm-hmm. So, Having said all that, um, I don't really have any big, super huge agenda for this call other than to hear a little bit more about where you guys are headed. Now, between the last time I emailed you and now, you guys have a website, you know, so that's cool. Like, I saw that and I saw all your services. But what I'm trying to understand um, is, like, what exactly do you want referred to you? So if people come to me and I don't have the bandwidth um, or whatever, you know, what type of clients are you looking for so that I can be sending you, like, the right fit, not just people willy-nilly? Because I don't want to waste your time either. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, I was just trying to think through that. Um, Gosh, I don't know. I'm going to let Jan answer that. (laughs) Well, um, just kind of a couple of the uh, points that you brought up. We've been very blessed also that we have – we have not marketed ourselves either. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of we kind of did some um, personal marketing, if you will. Um, uh, I know Kim did. I, I'll back that up and say Kim did some personal marketing to uh, expand um, her relationships uh, with mm-hmm. some authors. Uh, for mm-hmm. me, uh, the request literally came to me. I had mm-hmm. participated on some book launch teams, and uh, Joanna Weaver contacted me directly uh, yep. to help her with her uh, launch. So I kind of fell into it, um, if you will. And so, you know, you mentioned we got a website. Yeah, after we did this, you know, started doing this one in May, uh, it, we kind of come to the conclusion looks like it's going to stick, so maybe we need to get some information out there. Uh, <laughs> and and marketing ourselves is something that basically is on our to-do list. I mean, we need to yeah. figure out what we're going to do and how we're going to do that. And I know you're kind of going through that process right now, too. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, so, so a lot of similarities. Maybe the timelines are different and our clients are different, but a lot of similarities about how we came into it and kind of where we're at with it. Um, you know, now who are our clients? You know, at this point, what I feel like has been a huge blessing for us is um, being able to connect on a heart level with our clients and their message. And that was one mm-hmm. of the things Kim, Kim and I talked about at the very beginning. Was like if someone comes and says, I hear y'all do book launches, and Karen Eman had a bestseller, so I want to have a bestseller. Can you get me a bestseller? You know, then our response would be like, that's not us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if that's your goal, then that's really not us because we want your message to have the reach, but mm-hmm. it's about the message. It's not necessarily about um, the accolades or the number of books you sell, which is really right. very contradictory because I understand that that really should be our goal. That's why someone is hiring us is to find is for people to know about their book. So, mm-hmm. um, so we do want that message to be known, but it isn't about just anybody. It's really about being able to make the heart connection and mm-hmm. being able to support their message and their ministry, not just mm-hmm. help them sell this one book. Right. Um, what, what we would love to be able to do uh, is be able to uh, create a relationship with somebody uh, that continues through their ministry. So, uh, meaning it may be a, they may have a book, so we help them launch their book. Uh, mm-hmm. But then we don't end the relationship there. We continue to help them with that message. So we help them develop uh, the message beyond a book launch. So now you have mm-hmm. a book and you've launched it. What are you going to do with your message? You still need to get your message to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and what are some ways you can do that uh, through community and through your blogging and, and all of that type of stuff. So mm-hmm. it really becomes a bucket of a lot of different types of support. Mm-hmm. Now, what we put on our web page are things that we think fit that criteria. But mm-hmm. for us, it's ever-growing and ever-learning. Uh, it's... Mm-hmm. We like to be able to tailor something to somebody specifically. So um, that has been, um, I wouldn't say a challenge, but it is a growth uh, thing for us to be able to have a conversation with somebody and recognize their differences from the last client that we had and Mm -hmm. how can we reach the same goal. I mean, Mm -hmm. the goal is always getting their message out. But everybody doesn't fit a cookie-cutter program. And so... There are some uh, layers of consistency uh, and things that you just do, but then we mm-hmm. really want to be able to say, you know, recognize that person's gifting and their strong suits and be yeah. able to yeah. work within them. Instead of telling somebody, you have to have an online community if they really don't like the interaction piece, you know, and, and not force them into something they're not comfortable with. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard uh, to say, I guess it's really hard to take a specific service and say if somebody mm-hmm. wants this service, send them to us. Um, all of that to kind of get to that point. But it has really been a blessing that everyone who has made their way to us, we've been able to make this heart connection with. And I think that's just God pairing up. Um, yeah, yeah to absolutely. People to work together. So, mm-hmm. um 
that's really, I think, an important piece. Now, I know that I've done graphics for you and really haven't had any interaction with uh, the clients, and I'm okay with doing that, too. I'm not saying everybody's got to get warm and fuzzy and we're going to be friends and, and that mm-hmm. type of stuff. Um, but even to that extent, um, you know, I would like to be able to at least believe in the message, if you mm-hmm. understand, you know, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, so there are uh, pieces, I know for myself, and I'll let Kim kind of comment to what, you know, she personally would like to do. Uh, but there definitely are things that, that I don't mind. I mean, I enjoy doing that. Honestly, sometimes that's a little bit easier because I really only have to worry about just putting the graphics together and giving them to you. Right. Um, so it doesn't take as much of my heart involvement necessarily, not meaning I give them a lesser product. Uh, I know, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, anything graphic-related, uh, really what you've been doing with me personally is, is fine with me, you know, for that to continue, uh, for us to do that. I think um, the pricing needs to go up a little bit just mm-hmm. based on my personal feedback from people. Um, I totally agree with that, by the way. Uh, and that's, that's one of our hardest things, honestly, It's just, you know, we want to work with somebody and everybody keeps telling us, you know, no, I mean, you know, you make sure you get compensated for your time. You put so much effort in. I mean, you've heard all this stuff, I'm sure, for you too. Yeah. And that's really challenging for us. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, at least this far. You know, once we kind of get a paycheck from somebody, then we're like, hey, that's nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, um, administratively, I will admit that I basically am you. That's not my strong suit. I had yeah. to do that a lot in my previous positions with Coke, um, mm-hmm. off and on, and uh, planning, organizing, project management. I mean, I've done all of this stuff. But mm-hmm. at my heart, I'm a creative, and those yeah. two things yeah. typically don't mix. Yeah. So <laughs> I can do it. Uh, I'm not going to be the strongest link to do it, but I can uh-huh. do it. Uh-huh. So I don't know if that kind of answers any of your questions or if it was totally vague. Yeah, no, no, it, it was fine. And really, I just want, again, I want to make sure that I'm sending you the right kind of work or approaching you guys for the right type of work. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Because I don't, I don't want to be, like, sending you stuff and you're like, no, I don't want to do that because um, who wants to be referred to something that they don't want to do? And I think part of me was just trying to understand more – so, like, out of all the services that you guys have on here, because you have social media marketing and then you have the the visual marketing, mm-hmm. do you find that you guys are getting, um, I guess, consistently hired for, like, one thing over another, or is it just a mix of all of this? You know what I mean? Depending on the client need. Yeah, I would say, I guess it's a mix. Um, I mean, okay. Yeah, I would say it's probably a mix of all those because usually somebody, I mean, I guess if it's like for a book launch, usually somebody's looking for both. Um, But I know Jana has, you know, like with you and with other clients has done just, you know, they're just looking for the image work or I've been involved where they've just been looking for the social media. Like the social media. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
I mean, I think those, are, those are definitely both of our strengths, you know, um, coming together okay. and putting that together as well as, like, I'm like, Jana, I mean, I can, I guess administrative is probably more of my strength. I can do that more. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I would, ra- I mean, if I had to choose one or the other, I'd much rather focus on the social media side of it because I think that's, you know, a, a better gift of mine, but I can certainly do the administrative. So I wouldn't, I guess I was just going to say I wouldn't. I hate for you to, you know, refer stuff that we're just going to say no to. But then again, mm-hmm. if you have a client that, you know, we would love to work with on some capacity, I, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't want that to bypass us either, you know, if it's something right, that right. maybe, you know, maybe they just need a little bit of help from us right now, but maybe later on down the road they might be looking for other things. Yeah, and my client base is kind of interesting. Um, so just to give you a, a little bit of a background, I don't know if you guys get um, – well, okay, let me, let me take a step back. When I first started, and Kim, I told you this, I'm almost positive, um, but when I first started the business, I had no idea what I was supposed to do in uh-huh. terms of the services. And so, Gina, what I did is I contacted a bunch of my um, author friends that I had written with for years and said, hey, you know, I feel like God's telling me to start this business for authors, but I don't have clarity on what I need to, like, what that means. You know, what services do I need to be doing um, that would really be beneficial to them? I just knew that I did not want to be a VA, uh-huh. seriously, because I had been one for years. And I and it's not that I couldn't do it. Again, I'm kind of like you where I can do it. It just is not – it does not make me all happy right. <laughs> at all, especially when it's more than, like, two or three people. You know, when right. you're trying to manage yeah. 15 Yeah, is that what you want to be doing full-time or not, yeah. Yeah, it, it's mm-hmm. very headache-inducing. But I knew I did not want to fall into the realm of the administrative stuff because I also felt like God was really prompting me to go back to the gifts I'd had all along, but that had been kind of pushed to the side, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, from a corporate world, I mean, I I was actually a creative stuck in a a very corporate structured role. And so in in hindsight, no wonder I was freaking miserable and stressed out. And it was ridiculous. You know, it was such a stress ball when I worked in the corporate world. And I worked like crazy, and I was rewarded handsomely for it because that's usually the way the corporate world is. You work your butt off, yeah. and you never go home, and you know, and it's a very <laughs> performance driven. Jana, you know this. It's very performance oh, yeah. driven. So you could do everything right a million times, and the one time you do something wrong, it's like the end of the world. You know, uh-huh. it was a very, it was a very dysfunctional environment, and you know, it, it got to the point where my whole identity was wrapped up in my performance. You know, and so. I joke around when I came home um, that the next day, like the very next day, I left my job, I came home, and I woke up, and I was like, I don't even know who I am, like seriously, you know, because my whole life had been performance-driven, you know, um, and I just sent, you know, you know how I'm working with that branding gal. Did I send that to you, Kent? Did I send you guys the uh-huh. request? Okay. So yeah, I filled remember. out the survey, yeah. Okay. Thank you. But um like I was telling her, she wanted me to list out like what I learned from each of my jobs and, and like during my time off. And I actually put in this email, I was like, well, during my time off, um, I learned how to cook and to clean and to be a parent. <laughs> like it's ridiculous, but it's true, you know, because when I worked, that was my focus. And then when I was home, it was all taken away and it needed to be taken away. So so many years later, like when I was trying to figure out the business and where I was going, I just knew adamantly that it needed to be gospel driven and, and that I needed to use the gifts that had kind of been put to the side for a while as we walked through, you know, restoration and recovery and all that and healing personally, not just as a marriage, but individually. Um, 
And so I actually worked for free for months, months and months. Like I would, I would say it was like six to nine months um, where I contacted a bunch of friends and just said, and I was still working as a virtual assistant. So let me clarify that. It's not like I didn't have any money coming in, but I, I just had less virtual assistant clients. And then in my spare time, um, I worked for my author friends for free until I could figure out what it was that God wanted me to do. You know, mm-hmm. um, so that's kind of how I came into the business early on. And a lot of my very early testimonials are from those people, you know, early on. So not many people know that they didn't pay me, but uh-huh. you do. Yay. But <laughs> the, thing, the thing is, is um, I was really trying to hone my services to really be what I'm passionate about. <clears throat> and what comes along with running our own businesses, as we all know, is a lot of administrative and strategy and marketing and all sorts of stuff, you know, that honestly, when you work in a corporate environment, that's kind of done for you, right? You're just uh-huh. basically doing the tasks you're assigned. You're not necessarily responsible for the tasks and all of that. And um, so in the year and a half that I've been charging, and we'll talk about pricing in a second because I kind of giggled at your comment because I had no idea what to charge people either. And I've definitely come to the point where I feel like I'm kind of in that sweet spot, but I, I am also, again, just one person. So my next year is more about scaling my business because as is, I mean, I still worked with a crazy amount of people this year. Also barely took vacation. Um, I am good about work-life balance. So I pretty much finish, you know, about three every day because my kids are home, you know, and I don't usually work on the weekends only when I'm like behind on something. But for the most part, I didn't really take vacations. Work was like obsessively in my mind all the time. Um, And to be very honest, you know, um, I do earn a consistent income um, that meets our needs, but we are also still trying to pay down massive amounts of debt from before, from before salvation. So every little extra I make allows us to kind of pay off the crazy student loans and all that kind of stuff. And so I'm in a a transitional period, I guess is what I should say, where my client base is this interesting mix of like brand new authors with no money, right? Can I get an amen? Uh (laughs) There's a lot of them, right? And then I get um, authors that are you know, they've kind of been around for a while and they don't necessarily have tons of money, but they do understand the value of outsourcing some of this stuff, right? So they make mm-hmm. it happen. Um, and then I have clients where money is no object, which is right. always nice. And, and then I have a whole bunch of self-publishing clients, which is totally different. Well, I shouldn't say it's totally different. There's like marketing you can do for both of them. But I mean like... Um, the limitations on each group are different and the way you have to kind of talk them through things can be different. Um, Uh A lot of self-publishers just do not understand that you can't just write a book and promote it and it's going to sell a million copies. Like Mm -hmm. they don't, they don't understand the relationship part of it, you know, building a network and all that. Um, So I'm in this kind of weird place where people ask me what my ideal client is. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. I have like four radically different types of clients, you know, and so when I am moving forward with what I'm going to be doing, which is really not anything new, it's more refining what I'm doing. I'm trying to figure out, like, like my heart is to help everybody under the sun. I mean, Janet, it's exactly why I sent Linda to you. 
she couldn't pay yeah. me. You know, even even though we had had like I don't know five conversations that year, she couldn't pay me. And I was like, I can't just leave her hanging. I've got to find someone to help her. You know. So that's why I sent her to you because I want to help all these people. And whether they pay me or not is kind of beside the point, you know, except that sometimes I can't. I don't have the time to help anybody if I've got eight other clients. So what I'm trying to do is be really strategic about the service packages I offer. Um, And really, they're going to be tied to different types of clients. Does that make sense? Uh Um, Versus versus a holistic service, like basically I'll have probably three or four offerings that are, that are really geared towards those different types of people, if that makes any sense at all. Uh-huh. And I'm still trying to work it out, so I can't really explain it to you very well. But I'm trying to be scalable in my business, and I'm trying to be able to offer free resources. But I'm also, frankly, trying to make enough money where I don't have to constantly chase after clients. So if I have a set amount of money – then I can pour in a lot of that extra money into helping people for free if I need to, uh-huh. you know, or, or hiring out different pieces like <clears throat> the graphics or I'm toying around with hiring out the, not the creation of the launch team content, but the running the launch team. You right. know what I mean? Like the admin part. I'm, I'm kind of toying around with that, but I think I figured out something else to do where I, that won't have to, have to happen. But anyway, I'm trying to figure this out, but I'm also trying to find resources that if for some reason someone still comes to my web- website and flips out over a $500 price tag, that I'll have, and that's like the minimum I charge, by the way, is $500, um, depending on what's going on. Um, if they can't do that, then I want to have resources available, like on my website. You know, I'm not going to say, if you can't afford me, go here. Right. But I am going to say, you know, here are recommended resources, people I've worked with that I trust, you know, that can help you with X, Y, or Z. So it's twofold. You know, I think that having you all available there, you know, as a recommended resource and will hopefully drive some traffic your way. But also, you know, um, I want to be cognizant of like your timelines and schedules and all that. Like, Janet, did I email you about I can't remember if I emailed you today. I just heard back from that other publisher. Um, the book I just emailed you about. Um, so in that particular case, like, uh, Kim, I got a last-minute contract last week for a book launch in January, and I reached out to Gina for the images to see if she even had any availability. Uh-huh. Um, but it was last minute, and the whole time I was like, okay, I feel awful because, it's, it, you know, it's not like you can just snap your finger. I mean, maybe Jana can. I don't know. I can't. But just snap <laughs> your fingers and magical, gorgeous images appear, right. you know, but it takes time, you know, so if I can understand a little bit of your process and lead time that you need, then I'll know when it's appropriate for me to reach out or not, you know, um, so that'll just help me, and I think, Kim, where you come into play is honestly, um, everything that you said, Jana, about the book launches, I actually do in my book launches, which is kind of what I was talking about, about the six-month relationship. And I do have calls afterwards where we talk about ongoing promotion, but my calls with them after are not me doing it, okay? So it's me helping them come up with a strategy, and then they have to implement it. And so I can definitely see where you guys might fit in, because I know, for example, you guys are doing um, the book study for Sue Detweiler. That's a perfect example you know, of being able to go, hey, do the study. Here's, here's what you can say. Here's what you can do. Here's the resources you need. It. Here's how you do it. 
oh, and if you need help, go hire Kim <laughs> or you right. know, Hannah. You know, well, that's what I want to be able to do because I want to be very narrowly focused on um, kind of the message of that book, how they can integrate it in their ministry, how we can get the book released. Um, and again, the branding work I do with them is very high level, just so you know. Like, I know you have on here marketing goals and social media strategy. I talk about that with them in like one phone call, like, uh-huh. you know, and we kind of lay out of, I, I give them suggestions and tweaks based on what they're already doing, but I don't create like social media strategies for their ministry or anything like that. I just kind of go through it as it relates to the book and ways they can draw on readers. And so I think like in those areas, you guys could definitely be of benefit to some of my clients after the fact, you know, or before the fact. And um, so anyway, all to say, I'm just really just trying to understand a little bit more about what you do. I did not know how much you guys did for the book launches themselves because I get the feeling, first of all, we have very similar mindsets. Um, I laughed at one of your emails where one of you asked me if I track anything, and I was like, ha! Huh? <laughs> I, can't remember, I can't remember which one of you said that. Um, but I was like, yeah, no, I don't do that. Um, because. But it's also been something that that I'm kind of like, okay, because one of my biggest clients right now that falls into the money, no object are the publishers. Uh That is the first thing they ask is what are your results? And I'm like, oh, my God. So, you know, I'm kind of like you where I'm having to kind of put in some measurement tools really more for the publishers than anybody else, you know. Right. But my heart is more about the message just like you guys. Um, so anyway, having said that, appealing to different types of audiences um, and understanding what's important to them um, has been interesting because it's different depending on who you're working with. Right, yes. Um, anyway. Well, and I would say just, I mean, honestly, any I, we're probably not far enough down the road like you are to be able to say mm-hmm. this is the only thing, you know, we want to focus on or this is the main thing we want to focus on. But I think yeah. if anybody, you know, is looking for a you know, someone to run their launch team and you're not able to do it, I would definitely mm-hmm. say point in our direction because Jana certainly has experience with the whole enchilada and I've been mm-hmm. on, you know, 20, 25 launch teams. So I've seen a lot of how it goes and doesn't go. Right. And so that's why I'd, I would definitely say, you know, recommend more than just um, social media and the images. I mean, we would just love to do that. And that's what we're, you know, talking to some other people about and, um, you know, just trying to figure out it may be that there's pieces in that like with you that, they're not our favorite pieces, and we may have to outsource them, but we would still, you know, want to make sure they're taken care of for the author, just like you do. Okay. And we also, um, I guess one of the things that, that that we decided on, although we really haven't set any parameters attached to it, is that we don't want to focus just on book launches. Um, mm-hmm. We really would love to be able to build a relationship with somebody, but we understand that everybody's not going to be, uh, in that boat, uh, and they may come just for a specific service. But to your point about Sue, um, we are really uh, focused on looking for creative ways uh, to help authors and bloggers uh, maximize their message and their content. And so uh, that may be in the form of a book study or a Bible study or online or videos or, I mean, there's just I think the options are unlimited, and we really haven't even defined uh, what many of them are because as we deal with individuals, um, we, again, we we assess what their strengths are and then how can we play off of this. And one of the things that uh, Kim 
brought to the table uh, for us to focus on, which I think is 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 genius, is um, refocusing on existing material uh, mm-hmm. and being able to uh, fill the gap uh, with an author while they're actually in their book writing process because. During those uh, months or those two months or, or however much time they spend with it, we recognize that it's very difficult, and we've seen this happen to authors, uh, that they, they build up their platform, they do everything, they're ready for it, and then they get their deal and they go to write their book, and it's kind of like, where are they? Mm-hmm. And they lose a lot of the momentum that they've picked up. So we recognize that as a gap. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, it doesn't happen to everybody, but we we see that as a gap, and so that's something to us that we think that's a service that we could uh, provide. Like repurposing uh, the content? Is that what you mean? Like the older yeah. content? Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah, refreshing yeah. it. Yeah, it. and so it, it's kind of if we can begin with an author in the early stages, instead of just responding to a specific need, I need to launch my book. If we can begin with an author in the early stages, um, then there's other services that we can provide them too. Um, mm-hmm. Are we talking about coaching through the process? Well, we really haven't gotten there yet. I mean, neither one of us mm-hmm. have written a book. It'd be kind of hard for us to coach somebody through the process. But um, there's other things that, that we can help them do. So we've really just kind of, as we've spoken to different people, uh, or have a kind of walking paths, even with friends, with different people. We're kind of looking uh, and scanning the horizon to see where some of the gaps are and mm-hmm. what could fill these gaps. So I think the list we've put together uh, on our website really is just kind of, it's generic with all the buzzwords to say, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I don't think it really represents what it is that we do or what we can do. Mm-hmm. and that's going to be part of our marketing challenge as we go forward. But we have a lot of these ideas. We put them down on paper, and then um, we're in the process really this next year, I think will be a huge proving ground for us in this area aside from a book launch to really develop these other services and be able mm-hmm. to, for someone to come to us and see that they can get more uh, than uh, a book launch. And to your point, uh, if if they're working with their coach or uh, for with you and you're helping them through this other process and you're in at the beginning, then these may be some options also for you to say, hey, we're going to work on this, but uh, like with Sue, maybe with her book study, to be able to say, here's something that this team can work you with, work with you uh, to help fill in the gap or to take this to the next step. We've launched your book. We still want to keep it active out there. Consider doing this. And exactly mm-hmm. like you said, maybe Kim and Jana, because they've executed this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, so for me, um, the creativity extends beyond just doing an image. Uh, yes, absolutely. That is, that's creativity for me, too, is to do something different because um, – I think that's really where we can meet a need. Now, there is something to be said for standardization, and uh, I I love uh, some of your basic ideas about if someone can't afford to hire us to do it, we can have a package or something that kind of helps walk them through the process 
that's really based on just standardization. Here's your basic steps you would want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but the benefit in hiring somebody like yourself or like us is that not only do we actually do the work uh, mm-hmm. and save them the time of doing it, but they're purchasing the creativity that comes from us in doing right. the work. So right. Uh, can other people make graphics? Yes. Can mm-hmm. other people uh, write tweets and and verbiage uh, for the uh, social media shares? Yes, they can. It's, it's not an exclusive skill. Right. Um, but uh, I haven't seen very many people that can tweet like Kim does. I mean, it's a gift. Mm-hmm. I wrote a blog. I wrote a guest blog for somebody last night, and they gave me an 800 word limit. And I was so excited because I came in like at 782. I mean, it's not. <laughs> my, it That's is funny. not my skill. I do not. Mm-hmm. I do not talk short. I do not write short. It's not my skill, but it is a gift that Kim has, and she does it beautifully. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, that definitely helps me kind of understand where you guys are coming from. And, again, the reason I'm kind of having these conversations right now is because I'm literally – I wouldn't say I'm rebranding per se. Um, it's more that when – you guys are going to laugh at me because I, I, I always love talking to other, like, entrepreneurs because I think sometimes from the outside looking in, people think we have everything together, you know? Right. <laughs> and, and then you talk to us, and, like, you guys know I'm probably the biggest dork on the face of the earth, and I'm not the most organized person. I love what I do, but that does not necessarily mean that I'm, like, you know, the super savvy business owner. You know, I'm learning as I go as well, you know, so yay. But when I am, about a year ago, I was like, huh, I need a website. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I <have> one, <laughs> you know. And I hired someone to rebrand my personal blog, literally is what it was, you know, that I used to write on and took all the posts down and have them in drafts, which is kind of sad, but, you know, it has nothing to do with my business, so they can't be on my blog. And, you know, and I just, I picked the simplest thing I could. I bought a logo off, like, Etsy, made up some random tagline, wrote all my content in, like, 20 minutes and put up my website. Like, Uh (laughs) you know, I mean, it was just... It didn't look that way, though. (laughs) Oh, thanks. I have refined it a little bit since the first time it came out. Um, But I'm actually in the process now, like I said, of trying to make sure... Like, I've just now gotten to the point where, you know, even some of the stuff I've been doing all along, I just don't need to be doing. Is really... It's not, again, that I can't. It's because um, it's just stuff that... I mean, I have to be honest with you, like, I, I'm not, I, we don't need to discuss, like, what we each actually charge or anything like that. But what I am going to tell you in my experience, okay, is that my biggest, and I don't want to call it a mistake, because I think we are all, like, customer-centric, right? But the biggest challenge I have had in the business is having a fee and then having people that just want to negotiate and, like, take things off, does that make uh-huh. sense? Like, uh-huh. like to fit their budget. And I will tell you that as badly as I wanted to help people, and I did it a lot, and the struggle is that when you, when you guys have a process that you know is going to work, okay, I, I would really recommend you guys doing your best to price whatever it is you need to price it for your time and your value, right? But try not to, like, constantly remove stuff from your packages because there's a reason that, our, that, that a process works. Does that make sense? Like, right. And, and so yes. the issue, the issue is, or the solution is not like what I did, which is to take out all this stuff to fit their budget 
and then the overall end result wasn't as effective, uh-huh. right? The solution is to be able to explain, and this is something I'm having to relearn. I mean, to be honest, I knew how to do it in corporate world, but I guess I apparently forgot how to talk in this. Yeah, when it's your own thing. Right. Well, no, not even that. I just forgot to have intelligent conversations that didn't involve telling my kids to, like, pick up their room or whatever. (laughs) But I'm kind of slowly retraining myself to have that mindset of explaining, okay, I understand that the cost is this, but what, what you need to understand is this is what's happening this is why it's important to your business or ministry, and these are the results you're going to get. So that's just my two cents. You can take it or leave it, but the most stressful client relationships I had, and granted, everybody was amazing and we all love each other. That's not an issue. But that doesn't mean that the working relationship sometimes wasn't stressful, right? Um, and so the only ones that have been like that have been where we've kind of picked apart packages to fit their budget. It, just flat out, I can tell, I'm not going to tell you who or, or, right. or it's not anybody you know. But my point is, you know, the hardest part about running a business is like this is this is your fee and this is what it covers, uh-huh. you know. And maybe having the low cost or free offers be something you do like on blogging, you know, or social media or something like that versus you know negotiating the services because in the right. end it does. In the end, it impacts your results. And to be honest, you may not have this problem, but for me, I end up. I usually wind up doing it anyway. Like, right. Seriously, because I don't. I don't want them to like be, you know, at a disadvantage. But then that means that I'm working way more hours. Do you see what I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, um, I, I know it's hard with the packaging and the pricing, and you've got to like price appropriately for the people that are coming to you. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, yes. But but it's part of my challenge is I'm still getting people that I got when I first started, but I'm also getting people that don't blink at the price. So I've got to figure out a happy medium. And so my solution is to charge what I charge because I only I want to work with fewer people so I'm more effective and then find ways to kind of point them to other resources. So that's my solution, right? If I can't help someone for, you know, $500 for a six-month campaign, not that, not that I'm saying you're doing that. I'm just making it up and giving it an right. example. You know, then I want to be able to send them to someone who I know can do that, you know, who will serve them well. And Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And we would love yeah. to know um, the same thing. Just, I mean, what other resources you know about as we come across people, um, you know, that mm-hmm. even if it is stuff we do, maybe it's just not the right fit and you just know that somebody else needs to be doing the work for them. Um, and we just don't know. I mean, we come across so many different people in so many different areas, but we haven't necessarily come across somebody that's into social media and loves doing it or, you know, can do the graphics anywhere near Jana's, you know, and I know that right. she can't, she's not going to be able to do everybody's graphics always, but it's just nice Hello. to know that there are other people that, um, you know, we could talk Jenna, to. Jenna, how long does it take you to do those images, like, for real? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This like is, I, I'm just, I look at that yeah. and I think, oh my god, it would take. No, I'm actually not joking. I know, and it, it's so it custom. Would me, it would take me three months because I would spend, I don't know, um, 82 days of that 90 uh-huh. days freaking out that I had to do it and ignoring it and going and watching Netflix. Uh-huh. And then I would cram it into like 24-hour days for four days, and then yeah. do a horrible job. You know, yeah. so, like I'm just well, like, oh my god, I'm a terrible mixture if there is a best practice 
I'm the polar opposite, first of all. Uh-huh. Um, and um, this, the pricing was a huge challenge for me and still remains to be a challenge when it comes to graphics because I cannot, with a good conscience, um, charge somebody an hourly rate for graphics because I know I take so long doing it. Nobody would pay it. I wouldn't pay it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I can spend... Uh, I was laughing about this last night, uh, Kim, after we were talking about images uh, and Shutterstock, and I could literally sit here and uh, be so absorbed that two and two and a half hours have passed, and and I don't even I don't even notice it because I'm just looking for images for somebody uh, mm-hmm. just to find you know the right ones to use, um, and then you know did it becomes. My husband has watched me do it before. I mean, it may be another hour just finding the right font combination. I mean, there's no mm-hmm. way I can charge by the hour uh, oh, for me to do something. And um, some of the easier work is when you just want the graphics, uh, like with lime green, because mm-hmm. it was like do, keep it more simple. Uh, mm-hmm. I kind of set my own personal parameters for what I was looking for. Uh, and then, you know, played with it and was able to put everything together at one time. Uh, once someone's kind of style or that has been set, it makes it a lot easier. Uh, one yeah, of, yeah. I think, the hardest because um, you're just doing this one thing out there. But that being said, I can't, uh, I can't put a time frame on it. I have no sense of time. I was thinking about this uh, this morning. I was like, I need to write a blog about this. Is I really have no sense of time? Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't run on a calendar, and I don't run on a um, on a watch. And I know that's very annoying to people who do. <laughs> I had somebody <laughs> ask funny. me for a Facebook header, and it's like every three hours I get this email. It's like, any update? Any update? And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Okay, this person is not getting another image. <laughs> We're just not going to We're just not going to Yeah. But anyway, all that being said, I love doing it, though. And mm-hmm. um, when I was um, jailed into corporate America, uh, I found, I mean, I would actively search for ways that I could express that creativity. And working with Coke, it gave me a lot of options to do that, uh, even though it might have never been an official title that I held. Uh, I was able to do a lot of graphic design with them, which was really fun. Um, so to me, it's a creative outlet, and I would sit here for hours and do it if nobody paid me, right. honestly. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And um, it's very difficult for me to monetize it because, uh, again, coming from corporate America, everything is hourly, and it's, it's uh, everything yeah. you said. It's progress driven, and the more you do, the more successful you are. The more you get paid, and they paid me really well. Uh, and this is a whole different idea. So, um, you know, I do something and charge somebody, and Kim goes, "You got to charge more than that. What you do is worth more than that." And um, but there's a reality um, that I try to overlay with it that it's really only worth what somebody's willing to pay for it. So yeah. it really doesn't matter if it took me four hours to birth that beautiful picture for them. If they've only got a $5 budget, they're not going to pay me for, yeah. you know, that work. So I have to be reasonable with how much time I spend and then what I'm charging also. Yeah. But. I do feel like that there is a compromise for that, that 
what I'm doing, like those basic packages, you know, like for you, mm-hmm. um, needs needs to be up closer to that $250 range or maybe even mm-hmm. more. I mean, if y'all came back and said, look, anybody else would charge $500 to do this, then that mm-hmm. would tell me that I probably do need to up it. But without that feedback from the market, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know because this I'm swimming in a whole new pool from what yeah. I have been. And what's hard about that particular comment is um, oftentimes the publishers will have interns that do these images, you know. Um, And when I usually look for someone to hire out, it's because the publisher doesn't have anybody on staff to help at that particular moment. Or um, that didn't even occur to them to do them, like that book I sent you. Um, when I asked the author about it, she asked them, and they're like, oh, yeah, we'll give you images sometime in January, and her book's coming out January 19th. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, but then also, you know, like with the self-publishing people, um, they just, they don't, I'm not trying to be unkind, but a lot of them do not have a concept of branding. Right. You know what I mean? And yeah. um, so they just, you know, throw together whatever and don't really understand kind of the importance of it. So all to say, you know, it's one of those things where people don't want to pay for images, but they don't understand how long it takes. And then what you're also competing with is stuff like Canva, you know, which I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yeah. Um, I, I use it because I can't do images worth anything. Right. Um, which, which is basically, a, you know, a free service. And I probably – mess around with the templates more than most people just to kind of try to make it look different, <laughs> you know. But most people don't, you know, they don't see the, the value in it, which which is actually kind of a shame because we're all very visually driven, you know. So anyway, I, I think for sure the pricing that you quoted me for um, that book was dead on. The publisher would not have blinked an eye at paying it, except that I found out today that they already had an intern working on it. They just didn't know about it. So that should tell okay. you about working with that should tell you about working with publishers. Like seriously, <laughs> sometimes they don't even know what the per- person next to them is doing. So it's kind of interesting sometimes. But having said that, if your request is coming from someone like a lot of the way I ha- a lot of the way I handle my fees, by the way, is I often will tell, especially if it's with a well-known publisher, you know, like Zondervan or HarperCollins. Well, Zondervan, HarperCollins, and Thomas Nelson are all kind of a big conglomeration right now, but they still operate separately, which is kind of weird. But anyway, um, if I have a publisher like that um, and a client comes to me as a potential client, I have them ask the publisher to pay for me every time first. Uh-huh. So that's one way that I've gotten around the objection over pricing is because the publishers pay it. The author doesn't even feel the impact, you know. Right. So I think, too, for you guys, not that you asked my advice, but I think that if you guys can figure out some packages, and I know I told you this, Kim, when we first talked, uh-huh. like if you can figure out packages that you could present that they that authors could turn around and ask their publishers to cover, you know, if they don't have resources available, that's definitely a client and, or a source of income that is not necessarily a random client finding you. Uh-huh. And I, I think like five of my book launches this year were direct from the publishers. Okay. Like, you know, the, the, the author contacted me and I said, hey, ask your publisher. And they did. Or the publisher just contacted me because they were part of a, a book launch I ran. Uh-huh. You know? 
So that's a real, like if you guys can figure out a way to package in that way, because publishers are all about like proposals and knowing exactly what you're going to do and what their results are going to be. And for you, Kim, um, when I was talking to um, the VP of marketing at Thomas Nelson last week, I asked her what the biggest need was for their new authors. And she said, as an industry, um, as an industry, in the Christian publishing industry, the publishers are starting to kind of see a little bit of, I don't know how to explain this. Like, you know how we have people that have really popular blogs, uh-huh. right? They have all these followers. Right. And so, the, so then the publishers go and turn the blog into a book, uh-huh. and then it doesn't sell, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? You know, that's happened a couple of times, you know. Or then you have smaller, um, or not, I don't mean smaller authors. I mean authors with smaller platforms that write books that do incredibly well, you know, right. and so the, the publishing industry is trying to figure out, okay, what's the formula we could follow, <laughs> which there really isn't right. one, but that's beside the point. And they're starting to understand that what really needs to happen is the second an author comes through their door, they need to be consistently trained on how to build their audience right. via social media. I mean, for real, you know, so those are the kind of services that like, if you guys are into speaking, at all, which I'm not, but I'm making myself do it. And, you know, you could offer training for that kind of stuff, you uh-huh. know, at retreats or conferences or whatever. And that's a great way to build your, your client base for sure. Yeah, um, I think that would be um, awesome. And that, I forgive now what my question was. Maybe you already answered it because um, that's what I wanted sorry. to ask you about some of that because um, – that's what we're seeing, you know, with a lot of our blogging friends that go to She Speaks and, you know, get appointments with publishers and they get turned down because they don't have a platform. But yet it's uh-huh. not like, okay, you don't have a platform. Here's what you need to go do. It's just, you know, a platform, sorry. You know, and, and you know mm-hmm. they're just like, well, what do I do? And and then some of these that, you know, I'm sure you get that they're ready for a book launch and then they're going, okay, how do I, you know, how do I get people to read this book? And, and how do I get a platform? And it's like, oh, you know, I wish that we could have talked about this a year ago, you know, whenever you were writing and we could have been working on that. And I would love, like, that's just definitely a sweet spot of mine. I would love to get to work with people that much earlier and just help them out um, with those kind of ideas. Yeah. Hold on. Um. Hold on just a second. My uh, daughter just texted me. Sorry. Give me just a second. <laughs> Sorry. She always has, like, crazy emergencies. Aw. <sighs> okay, her emergency today is that she doesn't have any money. Not no, no. <laughs> that is an emergency. Ooh, not really. <laughs> if you knew that my daughter sends her allowance, it's not an emergency. <laughs> okay. Sorry about that. Okay, so, um, so you are basically asking, um, like, how to like reach out and speak yeah, about I just, what I guess you're I just doing see that as yeah, that is a problem mm-hmm. um, that you know people they they hear that they need to have a platform, but they don't really understand what that is, and that yeah, you know true. we we all don't like to really talk the platform word because we want it to be all about the message and not just let's just go get a bunch of followers because that certainly doesn't guarantee yeah. anybody's going to read your book, but. Um, yeah. I'm just wondering, like, you know, how many people you get at the last minute that are, I mean, they've just then realized, oh, well, I do have to do something to get this word out about the book. I mean, is that pretty common that you're seeing with authors? Um, more in the newer author area um, or maybe the self-published that are not uh-huh. established. And um, so 
So the clients that I get that have been around for a while, they, they, they know the drill. The publishers beat it into them. So those people uh-huh. know the drill. Um, but the self-publish, oh, my gosh. They, I can't even explain to you how much time I have to spend just getting them to understand, you know, your website can't look like it's from the 80s. Right. You know, you have, you have to do this, this, and this. You know, your branding has to be consistent across all platforms. You know, do people uh-huh. understand who you are within eight seconds of looking at your homepage? You know, right. like all those, all those kind of basic things. It's something that is not... It, and here's the way my my business coach right now explained it to me the other day. She's like, Lindsay, she's like, the thing is, is what you've been doing. So part of my challenge is that a lot of my clients came from my network in uh-huh. the beginning. And then from people they referred me to. So what's happened in the business is I've seen a huge shift away from people I know or people they know. So that kind of network or income stream has kind of, I wouldn't say it's run dry, but it's a trickle compared to before when that's everybody who hired me, I knew, or they knew someone I knew. Okay. Uh-huh. Now I'm kind of gearing more into the people that have really don't know anything about me other than they've come across my website or they've read an article I've written or they've listened to an interview I've done. Uh-huh. I'm doing a lot of interviews this year or you know, the random occasional past client comes back or they refer me to someone. But it's, like I said, it's kind of flip-flopped to where most of my clients now are kind of, I'll say new to me. Does that make sense? Uh Uh-huh. And I think for the most part, um, like the differences I'm seeing between those kinds of clients is just the education level of what they understand about what it takes to build not just an audience, like there's all sorts of random stuff you can Google. That's what my coach was saying. She's like, you can Google how to build a platform and get like 80 pages a hit. Yeah. But see, what you all do and what I do is we help take all that information and distill it to what that client needs. Uh So it's it's tailored to that particular client, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So there's lots of free resources available and there's lots of p- material available for them to for them to educate themselves with, but most people don't know how to take all this information and put it into a plan that applies to them and to right. the audience they have and to the message they have, and they don't know where to look to build um, a new audience, you know, or to right. engage new readers. They just kind of, like I said, I call it the Christian bubble where we're all kind of talking to each other about each other's work and there's benefit in that. Mm-hmm. You know, we promote each other's work. There's benefit in that. Um, but if that's all we're ever doing, we're just kind of talking to ourselves. Uh-huh. You know, right. like, like, like at one point, <laughs> are we going to draw in someone, you know, that was like me in that bookstore? You know, right. how are we doing that? And that's really a huge part of what I do on the book launches too is teaching them how to do that, you know. so right. I don't know if that answers your question, but I really think there's a need for sure. Um, but just like anything, the need is slightly different depending on the type of client that comes your way. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And just having relationships enough to build, like some of these conferences, you can't even get in if unless you have social proof, which is what the uh-huh. testimonials are about. Some of them you can't get. You can have social proof, but you can't get in if you don't have an end to the people that are organizing it, you know? Uh-huh. So it's it's hard. You know, you just have to keep plugging along and just making the best use of the relationships you already have around you that God's already provided you 
because um, I think you guys are pretty connected with like the Proverbs 31 crew. You know, that's uh-huh. a huge, huge source of clientele for you guys. You know, right. but but for someone like me, I'm not really connected in that world, right? Right. So that's not something that I can just walk into She Speaks and go, hey, like that's not likely going to happen without, right. you know, an introduction or me doing work for free. So my point is, you know, starting with where you're at, the connections you have, marketing to them, building your testimonials, honing your services to them, because it's a little bit of a narrow circle, that you already have trust with, right? Uh-huh. And you'll find that a lot of them will be a lot more honest with you <laughs> in yeah. nicer ways, right? Like they'll be very like, I have a dear friend who's a former client and, and what she's helping me do is fix my process. Uh-huh. She, you know, she was like, you're amazing. She's like, you're working with too many, and I don't mean that like snotty, okay? Oh, yeah, but yeah. She's like, she's like you, are, you are working with too many people, and I could tell, no matter how hard you tried. And she's like, so I want to help you with your process. You know, this is kind of what you guys were talking about with the standardization and all that uh-huh. kind of stuff. And so she, after the fact, because she's a dear friend of mine, is helping me go through what I do, call by call, step by step, whatever, 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 so that my future clients can, you know, have a clearer understanding. I mean, I was already explaining it to them, but uh-huh. like a, clear, a clearer understanding so that they left knowing what we did, knowing what we accomplished, you uh-huh. know? So having said that, those kind of people are really great for that, you know, because they'll give you that loving um, truth right. <laughs> that you need sometimes. So that by the time you reach out beyond that circle, your process is so tight that even if you don't have a relationship with them and you're building one with them during your work with them, they're still going to leave the same way at the end right. of the conversation, you know? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, here's my other thing, guys, and this is I, you guys might benefit more from this than I have, but I have stopped going to conferences that are blogger conferences because it's great for networking, but it's not great for clients per se right. in my realm. In my realm. Um, so a lot of the it's not that I don't connect with those people. But I don't really go to those conferences unless there's specific training going on around marketing. Uh-huh. Um, and so a lot of the conferences I'm going to next year are conventions and training on digital marketing and media. That's uh-huh. what I'm spending my money on. And that's where I'm marketing myself, you know. Right. So. You'll, you'll figure that out as you go along, like where to go and what to do and what to connect with. You know, it's great from a relationship building perspective for sure. Right. Um, but it doesn't always have the return on that investment when it comes to actual clients. You have to kind of think through like what your expectations of each event are mm-hmm. and, and tailor it to that. I think it's different if you're a sponsor at the events. Right. Um, but that costs money. Too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know. So anyway, did I answer your question? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. definitely. Okay. okay. So um, I'll have a question, Lindsay. I kind of want to, I don't know, I guess circle back around or just kind of uh, kind of clarify with some things. So um, for us specifically, you know, in relation to, to you and what you're doing in your business, um, were you um, looking for us to be – um, one of those referrals that you can uh, send people to? Were you 
looking that maybe we could um, have the opportunity to partner up in something, or what were you kind of looking for well, next year? To be honest, I'm undecided right now. Okay, so I have two different ways I could go, um, and it's really going to boil down. And I'm just being very, very honest with you guys. How I run my business has been ministry first, okay, because that is my heart. That is truly my heart. Um, but I'm going to be very honest with you and tell you that sometimes, um, even though I'm making a consistent income, okay, I, it's been hard. We've, you know, we've not always had the money we need and stuff like that because the income fluctuates, you know, seasonally. Like it's really a lot of work for me in the spring and a lot of work in the fall. But like, for example, right now, I probably won't get any new clients until February just because of the way the book, maybe January, because of the way the book launches work. So I'm looking at two months with no income coming in. You see what I mean? Right. Um, so I have to do a lot of planning around that, you know. So we have money and savings, and I'm not, you know, God always provides and all that. But I just meant, like, when I – part of what I did with my business coach this past year, you know, is she walked me through kind of all these struggles I was having with charging appropriately, you know, and having a process and all that kind of stuff. And I'm actually working with a different business coach this year, not because I didn't adore the other one. I loved her. But I actually specifically hired someone that is not Christian and not faith-based. Uh-huh. And the reason, the reason I did that is because, I mean, I've, I've had conversations with her where I've said, these are my non-negotiables, right? Like, I'm not going to work with people that are not Christian. <laughs> Don't even go there. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to, you know, put articles here, here, or here. Like, right. I have boundaries. But what I needed her to do is come in. This is Sherry, um, and she's a sweetheart. But I needed her to come look at my business objectively because she represents an audience that I'm trying to help my authors reach. Okay? So part of what we're trying to figure out is do I kind of continue as I've been going where I manage my launches, you know, from beginning to end, and again, it's that six-month kind of thing going on, um, and just hire out little pieces. Like I've hired out research forever. And so sometimes I have to do research for influencer lists, you know, uh-huh. that they have to provide. So I've hired that out forever because honestly that makes me want to beat my head against the wall. But I do, <laughs> but I do give the assistant very specific, like I do the pre-work, you know, I tell them the themes I want them to look for. I tell them, you know, kind of like, Obviously, the blog has to have been posted on in the last three months, you know, all those kind of stuff. And so I've always outsourced research. And and I've been toying around with outsourcing, like I said, running the launch team itself, like posting the information and managing the team members and and following up with them and all that kind of stuff. Um, Because, Pam, I know you've been in a lot, and Janie, you've been in a lot. And it's all across the board how people Uh do things, you know. my personal preference, Kim, because I know you've been in a bunch of mine, is I do not allow willy-nilly posting all over my book launch Facebook right. group because I don't want to manage it. It's yeah. really the bottom line. you know. And plus, I really love you and, and appreciate you supporting our book launch, but I do not want to know about your cat right. on right. those, oh, these flowers oh. or whatever. You know? so, and to be honest, it's not always well-received by people on the team. Okay? Right. Were, you, were you on Sue's team, Kim? Yes. Okay, so a little behind the scenes, and um, we had a launch team member that was super unhappy that I would not allow them to just 
post randomly all the time all over the Facebook group. <laughs> and by super unhappy, I mean super happy like pages of emails. Oh, no. You know, and I was like, oh, my word. You know, so I mean, Sue was fine, and we talked about it, and I kind of explained what I was doing, and I addressed it with the person as politely and honestly as I could. Uh-huh. And, but she left. Because she did, she wanted to be able to do whatever she wanted to do. So some of that customer <laughs> management, I, yeah, it was kind of. I was like, really, it, it, you guys will also learn that I'm a very gracious person, but I'm also like really sarcastic, right? So I was like, really, like you got a free book, you got to be good to free stuff, and you're mad because I won't let you talk about your cat on the Facebook wall, like really, <laughs> whatever. So anyway, I just kind of let it slide, but. Um, Having said that, I think that just managing those details can can be overwhelming, especially in conjunction with doing multiple launches at a time, you know. So, you know, I create all my content in advance and stuff like that, and I tweak it when I need to. But for the most part, it's kind of time-consuming. You know, you have to Uh sit there and format it. Um, So having said that, that's the piece that I'm trying to figure out if I want to outsource. And, and what I mean by that is when I, ha- when I have someone come to me and they hire me, um, what I, if I go that route, what I would do is I would increase my package costs to cover your fee. Uh-huh. Does that make sense? And right. so th- they would pay, well, I haven't figured out the legalities of this either, but it might be where they would pay me and then I would turn around and pay you as right. a contractor and have you do that piece. Um, or it may be, like, because the publishers aren't, well, the publishers will prefer to pay one person, but then I get the tax implications. Do you know what I mean? Right. So I'm trying to figure out, okay, so then do I do it where I do this piece and y'all do that piece and we're billed separately? I just don't know yet, okay? The other part is um, part of what I'm doing with this gal is we have been going through every single thing I do. And you guys, I don't know that I had ever really written it down before, like this month and it's pretty crazy I mean just the sheer and it's because I I want to serve people well but I don't think the clients even understand how much I'm doing right that that is like strategic and time and time intensive and all that kind of stuff and so we're trying to break down everything I do to make sure I even need to be doing it right yeah so instead of me doing it like equipping them to do it that's a different situation right um the other piece is, um, okay, wait, so what did I say? Outsource that piece um, or just changing the way I run my launch team, which, uh-huh. is, also on the, which is also on the table so that it won't be quite as, um, like the way we're used to them being run. Let's put it that right. way. Um, so I don't, I don't know for sure, but I do know that I absolutely want to have you guys on the recommended resources. I do know that I want to be able to send people to you because honestly, I have a contact form where if they fill out their information, I have like a question about budget and I have a question about obstacles. Uh-huh. And I can tell you, I can tell you nine times out of 10 was that person's going to follow through or not with me because of pricing. Uh-huh. So those people that come to me that, you know, I have that conversation with them and they're like, oh, I can't afford this. I want to be able to send them somewhere else that they can right. get help. Right. So that's kind of a direct referral that I'll do anyway, regardless. Um, but I'm just not 100% sure what my process is going to look like next year until Sherry and I walk through some more of, of what I'm doing, um, if that makes sense. 
uh-huh. the yeah, branding and services. So, and the other thing um, that I wanted to just kind of put in y'all's ear is, you know, I have not historically blogged or really done any marketing beyond occasionally sharing on my Facebook page, you know, and Twitter and all that. Um, but I am about to start doing some of that next year um, as part of my marketing, you know, strategy and uh-huh. guest posting and doing articles and stuff like that and interviews, of course. Um, on book so marketing, part, right? Not your, not like a personal blog. You're talking about on book, no, like no, teaching no. people on about book, book marketing. Yeah. Yeah. My blog on my business website. So yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're kind of drafting out what that will look like, you know, because um, I have very specific ideas tied to that that are more about building relationships than they are about just telling them, do these 14 steps to market your book. Right. Like you can go- Again, you could Google that. So I'm not really going to rehash what's already there, um, but really just focusing on what I'm best at teaching them. But one of the things that I'm thinking through doing is offering um, – webinars next year because it's something you can do for free for like a couple of days. Right. Yeah. And then, and then bill later, you know? Right. So if you guys are interested um, at some point, um, it would be interesting for you guys to kind of partner and be like, like basically I want to host someone once a month that's teaching like applicable information uh-huh. like none of none of these crazy you watch my webinar i'm going to sell you five thousand dollars right product. yeah no 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 or you watch my webinar and i'm going to tell you why you need it but i'm not going to tell you how to do it like oh my yeah. god it drives me crazy i get that it's a marketing <laughs> technique i get it okay but like for most people that we work with they can't afford that anyway you yeah. know so i'm really trying to figure out how to give them some content that they can actually immediately take from that conversation in use, you know, and then if they want to buy the recording or they come across it later, it's just a fee, you know, right. and, then whom, and then whomever was speaking with me just gets, you know, a percentage of that, you know. Uh-huh. I think that's a great idea. So, so that's, that's kind of what I'm, again, trying to work towards. Um, and then I also, my big thing with webinars is then um, if we're all cross-promoting it, then we're reaching, you know, each other's audiences, not just the one that we have, you know. Right. So... Um, so I can't give you like a super duper specific answer because I just don't know right now, <laughs> but yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying to figure it out. Um, and then Kim, did I ever tell you about the pr- training program I was working on when we were talking? Yeah, that's, uh, that was on my list to ask you about. Cause I know you, I thought that you had talked about you were going to put together yeah. something so people could do their own book launches. Yes. And I've written it. It's all done. And uh-huh. finally after like a freaking year, but anyway, um, so I'm still I'm divided about that right now. Um, so there's two schools of thought that I could put out that training program, and it's not inexpensive because it's not just a checklist. You know, yeah. it's it's walking through a lot of what I teach and strategy and audience and all that. So the first thing is um, it's it was going to be a physical planner and training program. So something uh-huh. that they order and purchase and it shows up on their doorstep and then they work through it. Uh, does that make sense? Uh-huh. It wasn't an online class. It wasn't an email thing. It was something they physically receive um, that they could kind of process through all this material and assignments I'm giving them and then come up with kind of a tailored plan for themselves. Uh-huh. Um, my first challenge is I, I'm getting a lot of conflicting feedback, whether people would pay for it or not. Uh-huh. Does that make sense? Right. 
Because so if it's expensive, think, then I would rather just pay you to do it all, right? Well, yeah, but to me, relatively speaking, you know, it's not anywhere near as expensive as working with me one-on-one, you know? Uh-huh. So, so I'm just trying to figure out, like, how to balance that. You know, I honestly, I was like, how do I protect my content? That's a whole other thing. If someone uh-huh. buys this and has right. it sitting in their house, and, and you, you would like to believe that most people would be honest, and they probably would for the most yeah. part, but it's still, you know, like how do I protect the content so that, you know, people aren't just passing this around and then they'll be right. buying it. Like, so that's kind of an issue. Um, the other thing is I honestly have gotten like a 50-50%. I've been serving every client, every person I know, as to actually, if they would actually do it, if they would actually sit down and work through this, right? Uh-huh. Because think about how many people sign up for webinars and then never do it. You know, right. they sign up for the recording, they never listen to it. Think about how many people purchase these online courses and do like the first month, uh-huh. you know? And so I'm really struggling to get a consistent survey feedback of whether people would actually take the time to do this. It appeals to me because uh-huh. it takes a, it takes a creative process and turns it into something they can work through. And like as creatives, like we like to process, you know, yeah. and vision and dream and all that. So there's a huge element of that in here. There's also a huge element of, um, honestly, Bible mentoring encouragement uh-huh. through why we do what we do. You know, it's not just like a training program. Right. Um, so I just don't know yet. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. And I don't know if I'm going to release it as is and see how it does, like on uh-huh. a very low, like seriously on a low key, I have 10 of these available. Do you right. know what I'm saying? And see what happens. Um, and that actually, um, and then get feedback and then adjust as needed. Or if I'm just going to go for a huge affiliate launch, which is the other option, uh-huh. you know, where people are promoting on my behalf, um, but they get, you know, 50% commission for everyone you know, right. that purchases. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, the third option is I could just take the whole thing apart and use it as content, uh-huh. you know, for the blog and social media right. and low-cost offers and all that. Um, but between you and I, I don't want to manage having 50 different options on my website for purchase. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, so I'm torn. Um, I think that I'm headed more to, to going ahead and um, creating it and having a soft launch you know, where I have 10 of them at a certain price point, uh-huh. getting the testimonials and seeing what happens, you know? Right. Um, and then go from there. That's probably what I'm leaning towards. Um, and then having the webinars be the low-cost offering. Uh-huh. So that's a long answer. But yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. Well, there's always uh, there's always a huge challenge with the content that we put out there uh, because we're using the easiest method to distribute it. It's easy for everybody else to do it too. So, um, you know, that's always, especially when we put out a, a checklist, basically, of do this. It's real easy for someone to talk to somebody else and say, well, hey, you know, mm-hmm. here's here's the list. This is what you need to go do. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know that there's from a technical standpoint, I know there is technology that prevents that from happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I don't know how readily available it is. And, and some of the techie discussions that I've seen now is that they are looking on 
putting it, looking into putting it on visual content now. It's similar to what you would find on a uh, DVD, you know, that prevents you from copying it. Mm. And they're considering actually putting it on visual content. So, like, if, if I have a photograph and I upload it, I can embed this coding into it, and then you just can't copy it at all, which... Interesting. It seems interesting, but if you're viewing it visually, you can capture the screen. I mean, you can do something with it. Um, So I don't know that we can ever completely get away from it. And even if it was put into, say, a document like what you're talking about, there's a copy machine. I mean... I think it might deter some things, but it's it's not really going to eliminate the possibility of somebody copying our content. I mean, that's just yeah. the reality. We're putting it on the Internet. Somebody can get it for free. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of the way I've handled people. Like, I've had a couple of situations where um, launch team members, no joke, like I actually had this happen this year, where someone who was on a really early launch team of mine um, – started offering this as a service and what they were doing was cutting and pasting exactly what I told the first person to do into their launch team. So like in in, in that particular case, you know, I, I reached out to her. I was like, hey. Right. <laughs> I said, I, lo- I love that you're running a launch team because I, I truly am. You know, I was like, I love that you're doing this. I want to support you in any way I can, but I need you to, I need to ask you not to cut and paste verbatim the uh-huh. things, you know, that I was telling these other people to do. But if you need help, let me know, you know, what are some tips I can give you, you know, and so right. I gave her a couple of tips to help. So that happened this year. Um, and I think she was kind of like um, worried about it. I was like, I'm not mad, you know, right. but, but this is something that I spent hours creating, uh-huh. you know. So just, and, and I actually told her, I was like, ultimately, you may have seen it as, oh, this this launch went well, so I'm going to reuse it. I get it. Uh-huh, That's great. Right. But what you're missing is tailoring it to your author. Right. Like, you know, so we talked about that. And I had another situation. I've had this happen a couple times, actually, where people will come to me and, you know, even though I have the contact form that says price ranges and stuff like that, and they talk to me, and then they decide they can't afford me, and they go to someone else, which is fine. Um, but sometimes those someone else's are people that have been on my launch teams that are like trying to start their own businesses, which uh-huh. again is, is all great and fine because I'm a big supporter of everybody. But like in that particular case, you know, the way I, the way I kind of view all of this is like none of us have like a, this is an online world, right? So you and I can craft our giftings to kind of offer a service, but we don't own the internet. Right. Right. <laughs> so, you know, if, if our perspective is more, like I said earlier, about collaborating with one another and supporting one another, um, it really benefits the clients that are coming to us in the end. You know? Right. Like, so I, I say more protection because I was more worried about people like literally photocopying stuff. You know, like I, I know online you can protect some of that a little bit. Um and you can share passwords. And I guess ultimately at the end of the day, um, that particular um, obstacle is really needing to be addressed by me just trusting that, you know, if someone does that, that's between them and God. You know, right, like, that's what I was saying, like, yeah. Yeah, my job is to, you know, kind of encourage them and, and help them and direct them to the right place. Um, but, you know, yeah, I mean, a matter of fact, I'm having a conversation next week with someone who, 
volunteered to help someone that reached out to me that couldn't pay. Like, so they did it as a volunteer. Uh-huh. And so, so I emailed her and I'm like, well, why don't we have a phone call and I can just you know, talk you through because they're starting a business doing this. I'm like, I'll talk you through what I do and how I do it and help you out. And her response was really, <laughs> right? Like, why not? Why not? You know, I mean, honestly the way I view it is like you guys are a blessing and she's a blessing and the other gal's a blessing because we're all trying to do the same thing. Right. So yeah, it's hard though. It's hard because again, maybe this is more of a selfish thing, but I pour so much work into it, you know, sometimes you're like, Oh, (laughs) you know, but at the same time, um, I wouldn't really be, I guess what I'm trying to say is that would be me working for like the check more than it is uh-huh. for the gifting, you know? Right. So, yeah, like I said, I'm human. I have human issues sometimes, but for the most part, I think, you know, just helping each other out and collaborating and encouraging and kind of referring people to each other is that honestly, in my opinion, it helps all of us. You know. Yeah, I totally agree, and that's why. Yeah, I'd be interested to know. Um, do you do you run into a lot of people that do the book launches other than yourself? Because like I, I mean, you're the only one I ever knew of. Well, no, actually, not really. But it's becoming more. Um, it's I, I'm seeing a lot more people do it now. Uh huh. So when I first started, I only knew of two people, and, uh-huh. and that was Daniel Decker. Uh huh. So I'm sure you've been on some of his team. Yeah. And Daniel Decker is quite expensive because uh-huh. he's really – well, and if you've been on his teams, it's very low-key, you know. It's like, yeah, it's like just, yeah. You know, it's not real task-oriented. But part of it is because the people that are on his teams are social media savvy, so they know the drill. They don't need instructions, uh-huh. you know. But also, he does a lot of um, digital marketing strategies. So even some of the stuff they put in the teams – like, were you on the IF team for Yeah, my, yeah. Okay. So that whole thing where they had the offer to, like, buy the book and get one free. Uh-huh. You know what I'm he talking about? He does all that, yeah. It's a, it's a digital strategy. So, yes, it benefited you, but the way the orders were placed benefited the author and uh-huh. sales and ranking. Right. Okay. So and that's what I said. It lot. seems like that's definitely his thing. That Yeah, he was yeah, so that's, that's what he's looking for. That's what he focuses more on. And the other guy that is like that is Rob Eager, um, and he was at Elaine, Um and he does a lot of that digital strategy as well. Okay. Um, so they're they're quite not expensive in a negative way, but they charge oh, a yeah. lot because they yeah. can, because they can. You know, they right. get hired by businesses and stuff. Those are the only two people I knew of when I started. Uh-huh. Um, and so my goal all along has been to try to fit the gap, like you guys were talking about, of people who can't afford them, you know, uh-huh. at, any, at any lifetime. I couldn't afford to hire them. Right, you know? absolutely. And I told a publisher, I was having a conversation with that um, marketing gal, and she's like, well, you should just come work for me because the Christian publishing, there's a lot of uh-huh. publishing houses here. And I told her, I was like, you know, I, I'm flattered, but here's the thing. If I come work with you, then I'm one of your resources that will be allocated to the top 10% of your authors. So what happens to the other 90%? Right. Right? So a lot of what we are doing is helping that 90% because they don't have access 
you know, uh-huh. they, you know, or even if they sign with a publisher, they may not have the same amount of money or resources poured into them just because they have a book contract. Right. So anyway, um, I'm seeing more and more. I'm seeing more administrative assistants either train themselves or learn how to do book launches as in terms of working with authors. Right. Um, you know, Tim Growl is another guy that has a bunch of training out, you know, but for the most part, um, people actually executing the launches, like, like all those people I just said, Tim and Daniel and Rob, they have a team. Uh-huh. They, they don't, they don't always do all the work themselves. They have administrative support teams, you uh-huh. know, so to answer your question, um, there's not many that focus specifically on book launches like right. we do in terms of the execution of it. Okay. And the and the creating the content part. Right. So it's definitely a need though. Yeah, I can imagine. At all different levels, especially. Yeah. Anywho, okay, well I need to let you guys run because my kids are gonna be home soon, but um I just wanted to thank you guys again for the time um, and just having this conversation with me. And I know, like, I don't have, like, oh, let's do this or this or this situated, but I really needed to understand kind of where you guys were and where you wanted to focus and what you preferred before I just assumed you even wanted to, like, you know what I mean? Like, I uh-huh. just wanted to make, sh- make sure I kind of understood where you guys were going and what your goals were. Um, and, you know, I think like long term, and I didn't ask you this question earlier, but long term, what I really, really want is to have an agency. Uh-huh. Um, so I want to have an agency where all of these things are covered, like from start to finish for an author. That's kind right. of where I want want to go. And so I think that's going to um, be a while, right? And um, because uh-huh. from a, from a financial perspective you know, from a personal perspective, you know, I have to be able to kind of pay down debt and all that before I start worrying about paying people a salary. It's one thing right. to hire contractors. It's a whole other thing worrying about a salary. But that's my goal is eventually I want to have an author services agency fully uh-huh. staffed by multiple people where if we get a client, they go through, you know, each person in the agency for whatever thing that person specializes in. Does that make sense? Uh-huh, right, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's what I want. Um, but again, I don't really go there too much because I'm one of those people that's like, that's what I want, but it, but I don't necessarily, I just want it to happen. Uh-huh, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> but that's why I have amazing business coaches that are like, whoa, hold on, yeah. this is what you need to do first. <laughs> yeah, I, I would like to skip all the in-between, not out of a laziness, but just because it's a need. And I would right. love it, but but the thing is, is if we don't, if I don't do it piece by piece, right, then it's not going to, you know, it's going to be a stress more than anything trying right. to cover everybody's salaries. So that's what I want long term. Um, yeah, but you know, who knows? Who knows what God wants, right? That's right. It's all up to Him for sure. Well, keep us posted. Yeah, what you have going on. I mean, we'd love to just keep hearing about it and and support yeah. you in whatever way we can. Same to you. Um, and then, Jana, if, if you need me to, I can reach out to um, some of the people that did you did the images for and just see if they'll do like a testimonial, you know, for the website if you're interested in that. Uh, people, yeah, if you could uh, reach out. The people out, I hired um, you for. Yeah, for um, 
to Jackie, maybe to Jackie, uh -huh. then I think that would be great. Um, okay. Because we're working, we're working with Sue on the other stuff, and so. Um, That'll highlight a different aspect, yeah. Yeah, and I can her to highlight that. And I can give you one too, just kind of like a comprehensive. You know, I've hired for X, Y, and Z. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, that would be great. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm wondering. Um, I know we weren't going to talk about pricing, but like in my business in particular, because you guys don't just work with authors, right? Like you work with ministries and all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I am toying around with trying to figure out, like Kim, I'm like in terms of social media, you know, uh -huh. like I, I probably need someone to come look at my social media, for example, and help me with a plan. So if that's something that you guys are interested in, then you know, maybe I could just reserve like maybe I could use you for that so that you could have a testimonial for that aspect. Oh, I would love right. that. Absolutely. You, yeah. know I, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. But again, I have to come up with money first, you know. Or I could pay you in cookies. Will that work? That's <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. We can figure that out for sure. But yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, because I, you know, I, it's definitely something I need help with. Um, it's not that I don't have a strategy. It's that it's all stuck in my head. And uh -huh. I'm so trying to figure out all this other stuff. But every time I sit down to do it, I'm like, I'm going to go watch Netflix instead. Yeah. Which is not very, <laughs> not very productive. So we can talk about that more later. But I've got to get through all the branding stuff with Sherry first. Um, and I have all these ideas of what I want to do for all uh -huh. that. I'm, try I'm trying to be a little different and not so, you know, I don't know what everybody else is doing. So we'll talk right. about it later, but yeah. So cool. Great. Okay. Well, y'all have a fantastic afternoon. It was always yeah. lovely chatting with you guys. Yeah. Thanks so much for your time. Yeah, absolutely. And if you guys have any questions, I mean, I'm not the world's expert on running a business, but I am for sure always willing to share the things I've done horribly. <laughs> yeah. We appreciate you know? that because you have been at it a while and yeah, just, I mean, yeah, it's hearing from another um, yeah. Christian woman that has had her own business and um, yeah. well, and not to be discouraging, right? But I think the, at the bottom line, like honestly, the biggest thing I'm learning this year is, is you're going to laugh, but it's about prayer, uh -huh. right? Like I don't know when I was walking through salvation, and I, I missed that part, Gina. But like when I came home, that's kind of when we walked through salvation, you know. I remember being so desperate for God that I just prayed all the time, right? And so. It's not that I don't pray to God all the time now, but it's a different type of prayer because we're not in so much pain, right? Right. And so this past year, you know, just kind of learning my limits, you know, and learning even a little bit of how much I was kind of tying my, I don't know, my story into the success of my business without even realizing it. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. like just learning how to pray through, okay, I have all these ideas, but what does God want to do with this? And how am I limiting it from happening? Uh -huh. Do you know what I mean? And so I think the biggest piece of advice I give is, you know, you could talk to me or anybody else all day long, but ultimately it's about, you know, what you're praying and what God is t speaking into you on how you run your business and what you do or what you don't do or whatever. Um, and just really recognizing your limits, but also recognizing how he has equipped each one of us in crazy random ways to do what we do. You know, right? And to not and to not be afraid of sharing that story. Like all the interviews I do, a lot of them talk about how I started the business, and a lot of them talk about what's my contrary focus in terms of not focusing on sales, like you guys. Uh -huh. You know, and, and people are always just 
dumbfounded by that, you know, and, and like you, I believe in the power of God. You know, I believe that we can like, and I've you've probably heard me say this before, but I believe we can plant seeds and water seeds, but we have to remember that God's in charge of the harvest. Right. You know? And that applies to our business for sure. So. Yeah. Definitely. Anyway. Okay, all my kids just walked in and the dog started barking. So I really okay. <laughs> but, okay, oh, thanks, Lindsay. Y'all have a wonderful okay. day. We'll talk soon. Okay, thanks. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. How's your day, babe?
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.